Welcome to another episode of the Sonic Sketchbooks podcast. I'm your host, Gary Warner. This episode is built from recordings I made last week while on a brief working sojourn about 500 kilometres south of Sydney where I live. I drove to a farm owned by an old friend, a practising architect who now also farms cattle and is regenerating bushland on expansive acreage quite close to the Pacific Ocean. I went there to visit and provide labour to help with some of the endless tasks always requiring attention on a farm. Besides some fencing installation and maintenance, the main work undertaken over six days was removal of an invasive vine species, Ipomoea indica, that had over a period of a couple of COVID years completely covered the canopies of about 20 recently established native trees. More is explained in the episode, which comprises two distinct parts and a coda. The first third is an audio verite reportage narrated to my recorder while I worked on the project on the last day. The second movement is a construction of manipulated sounds recorded during my stay. This includes rhythms and melodics derived from the sonic productions of various creatures, cicadas, frogs, birds, cattle, the natural forces of wind and water, and machinery and soundings of objects found around the farm. The piece concludes with a few uninterrupted, unprocessed moments of field recording of the ambience of a still late evening. Most of the time I was there was dominated by strong northeasterly winds. The days followed a distinct rhythm. Early breakfast followed by a few hours of intensive work until lunchtime, then some reading and sleep, another few hours of afternoon work until dusk, dinner together, more reading and sleep. I took a great block of a book of selected essays by the inspiring and prolific English writer John Berger, who knew farm labour well, having moved to rural France in 1972. When he won the Booker Prize in that year, he gave half the prize money to the American Black Panthers and funded his move from metropolitan London to country France with the rest. And he lived and wrote and familyed and farmed there until his death at 90 years of age in 2017. He chose to live this way because he recognised rural life as a space of greater opportunity for personal creativity, for thought, existential development, and as generative as opposed to predominantly consumerist living. He's been described as not a modernity-adverse ruralist, but a rural futurist. Here's a brief quote from a 1983 John Berger essay titled The Production of the World. When Vincent painted a small pear tree in flower, the act of the sap rising, of the bud forming, the bud breaking, the flower forming, the styles thrusting out, the stigmas becoming sticky, these acts were present for him in the act of painting. When he painted a road, the road makers were there in his imagination. When he painted the turned earth of a ploughed field, the gesture of the blade turning the earth was included in his own act. Wherever he looked, he saw the labour of existence.
is the sound of pulling up some of the hundreds of meters of Ipomoea indica tendril that sort of grows on the ground, roots into the ground and uh, carries the morning glory from place to place, tree to tree. In this case, uh, it's got so uh, that the plant, the morning glory, the vine, has climbed up this about 20 trees here, native species that have been planted as a dust barrier outside the farm between the gravel road and the farmhouse. And uh, the morning glory grows up through the plant and then covers the top of the plant with its leaf and flower and seed and kills the tree um, over a period of a couple of years. And so my work here has been to uh, try and remove as much of it as possible. You can never get, uh, you can never be rid of it. So um, I've pruned back the trees so there's uh, less of the tree mass touching the ground so that it's more difficult for the uh, morning glory to climb up the tree. Uh, removing a lot of the understory bacteria. Glass has a kind of similar habit with the, I guess, stolons that um, it's, it extends its range very, very quickly. And uh, other uh, fast growing mm, introduced species that um, reach up into the understory of the tree and allow the uh, morning glory to sort of climb up into the canopy and smother the tree. So at the moment I'm clearing around the base of the tree making a, a sort of a circle out to the drip line and, um, and then, then putting mulch down to try and suppress the future uh, rapaciousness of the morning glory. I mean it will, it will not be eradicated. Uh, there'll be way too much seed mass and too much of the remaining, as I say, hundreds of metres of, um, it's not underground, it's actually sort of an above ground tendril that particularly seems to like growing in amongst the uh, kaikuya, as the kaikuya creates a shady, moist environment at ground level. And that's exactly the conditions that this uh, particular plant, Ipomoea indica, uh, needs and, and thrives in. So by creating this kind of mulch barrier, hopefully, um, it'll, hopefully, it'll just be a bit more manageable. It'll require, you know, constant maintenance, but uh, at least the trees will survive and perform their role as a sort of visual and dust barrier to the house which like many Australian uh, farmsteads is very close to the, uh, the road that passes by out the front here.
my sixth sixth day on this project. And last, I drive back to Sydney tomorrow.
Thanks for listening. There are a few links to uh, information about John Berger uh, and you can find out more about the rest of the podcast episodes at the episode guide at sonicsketchbooks.net. This is episode 54.